The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by our Kentucky Derby Contest. Winners get a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, everybody. You know that that that's like a that's like an espresso shot right there. That little electronic disco music to start off the show. I love it. Wake I am up. Emerson Beery, <laughs> joined by Justin Bruni, our chief and editor. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm a little little tired this Sunday morning, but uh, I'm ready to rough it out here. Get into some uh, some mock draft talk. It's rookie uh, rookie draft season. I've got a couple of drafts well in full swing here. So excited to come in and talk to you about some uh, some mocking. Oh man, yeah. Dynasty rookie drafts are already in full swing. I, I I'm scrambling, you know, in 25 dynasty leagues. This is my this Ooh. is honestly my worst time. This is the worst time of year. I'm always just sitting there, just like I'm I'm just checking back my phone. You know, right now I'm sure I'm on the clock somewhere. You know, they they are some of them are wrapping up, luckily. So, but it's been a hectic week with all of that as well. With that in mind, though, I know there are still people with a lot of rookie drafts coming up, then going on still. You know, this will help you. You know, we're going to do a one quarterback rookie mock draft today. This will help you value those rookies as well for trades and everything like that. We'll do some landing spot and prospect analysis as well. So we'll jump right into it. We were, we were talking before the show. You were a little tired. So I'm, I'm going to let you get the easy, easy decision. Appreciate why that. you are letting, why you were taking Bijan Robinson with the first Pre- pick. Appreciate that. I love how we go back and forth with these mocks and who gets Bijan. It's, it's always lovely. Uh, easiest bit of information on Bijan is he's got the clearest path, uh, path, excuse me, to 300 touches in this draft class. Uh, he's going to get used a lot by the Atlanta Falcons. They obviously use a very high draft capital on him. Uh, despite Jameer Gibbs going within a handful of picks after him, I'm still considering Bijan, obviously the number one RB in prospect out of this class, not just in the NFL, but in dynasty as well. Again, very good situation for him. They don't have a quarterback to lean on. The entire offense will lean on Bijan Robinson. He's got a great frame for running downhill and getting that usage in the red zone and catching passes out of the backfield. So he has a lot of likability, uh, a lot of uh, perceived volume, like I said, coming his way. Uh, keep it simple here. Bijan, one oh one. If you got a little feedback there, I was just trying to give you a little retweet from my own Twitter account while you were talking there. And of course, I, right. just jumped, I just jumped right into our own live stream there. So gave us a little extra view there, too. But uh, yes, Bijan Robinson. I will have a little funny story for people. I, you know, I'm in 25 dynasty leagues. So mm-hmm. there was a dynasty league. I had Christmas come early. I got mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson with the third pick. The third That's pick. Criminal. I, I was just like, what? I, I just like walked in. I was like, I had to look. I was looking at it like this. This is this can't be right. I was just like I was just like I was like I kept so, looking at it like refreshing. I I exited out of the app. I got back onto the sleeper app. <laughs> did you look at the teams that had passed him up? Like, did were they not running back hungry? Oh man! I, or did they just make a mistake? 
They, you know, I think they felt some people feel like the running back is, you know, if you're a rebuilding team and you're not going to compete this year, why would you take the running back? But that does not make any sense to me at all. Even if Agreed. you feel that way, even if you feel that way, you take Bijan Robinson for the value. When you're when you're starting with a dynasty team, the best thing how to build how to you know build a contender to build a consistent tender, you build value on your roster. It's like a stock. That's how you should be treating it. You want to build mm -hmm. your you want to build your you know your investments. You want to build your capital. That's that's a better way of putting it. Your capital. So Bijan Robinson worth far far more than any of the quarterbacks in this class. If you want a quarterback, you draft Bijan and then you go shopping for that quarterback with Bijan. You get that quarterback and then some for Bijan Robinson. So yeah, you, you would, get a quarterback and another one hundred and one coming up probably. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's an, that was a you know I was a big mistake and I was I couldn't have been more stoked. I I mm. you know like I said it was just one it was one random occurrence. I saw one other occasion where Bijan Robinson went two overall across the dynasty league. So they're out right. of twenty out of twenty five leagues or so. Twice I didn't see that, but. 104 force tackles missed. It's hard. I, I can't, you know what I mean? That's the most since the stats been reported. So uh, Bijan Robinson, the clear one, one, don't think about it. It is, uh, you know, even if you are quarterback needy, go shopping for that quarterback with Bijan Robinson with the second pick though. I, you know, this is, this is where, we're over, this is where we goes a little back and forth. I am, I am taking Anthony Richardson. Give me the upside. We got exactly what we needed last week oh i'm sorry you're doing one quarterback i jump yeah i was i was like pal what are, what are we doing here like what what, oh, what happened God. see i start jumping into my tangents i do super flex league see i, I i'm on i'm in all super flex leagues and i do these your, your balls drop off what happened oh, okay i was just setting it up for that uh see that's the i am this is why i shouldn't uh bartend and then jump into these early morning podcasts see that's just me going on a super flex tangent see you got to yell at me when i do things like sorry that. i mean i was about to but you kept going and i was just like all right maybe he's all in like i don't all know right. like super needy all at the right. position honing, I don't, honing, I don't in, know. honing in one quarterback vibes honing in one quarterback vibes jameer gibbs there it is. is the second spot is what i meant to say i was all writing right. gibbs and then i had to scratch him because i you know <laughs> back into it all right so I give, give myself a couple slaps in the face here jameer gibbs is the second pick in this one quarterback dynasty rookie mock draft um I was shocked by the draft capital. Number 12 overall, the Detroit Lions clearly love him. We didn't like the landing mm -hmm. spot at first. It was just like DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. Now we are right back into it. DeAndre Swift traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm not as high as Jameer Gibbs as some people. You know, that passing down kind of back can be a little bit more inconsistent than some uh, might think. But, mm -hmm. I mean, the Lions clearly have plans for him, you know, throwing positional value out the window. So, I, you know, and he's incredible athlete. 444 receptions, 440 yards last year. I think you clearly take the running back over a more saturated wide receiver position. What are your thoughts? Well, I, the reason why I want to take him is I am very comfortable with Detroit just using him. I mean, w when I was coming into the draft, the sentiment that I was getting was is that Detroit was actually going to take Bijan at six. That was that was originally going to be their plan. That that was my thought, and that they were actually going to trade DeAndre Swift either on day one or day two. Because there was all this talk that they were targeting a, a running back. If that's the case, well, early, early in the draft, it's got to be Bijan. Like, there's no way it could be Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, Detroit comes out, shocks us. They had Jameer Gibbs. Now it's going to be him and David Montgomery. And if you look how that backfield was utilized last year between Swift and Jamal Williams, there was a lot of give and take from both sides. So I expect both of these running backs to be used quite a bit. The Detroit Lions are going to be missing Jamison Williams early on in the season. I'm expecting Jameer Gibbs to get some very early very friendly PPR uh, volume in this season. So I'm excited about his usage. 
the only, I say, deterrent of him early on with David Montgomery being there is just maybe a little bit less exposure to touchdowns in the red zone because David Montgomery is a bit of a physical runner. He's got a great frame for the position, especially for getting that red zone usage. So, well, I do expect quite a bit from Gibbs in his uh, year one and year two, definitely worth this um, uh, 102 draft stock. I do see there being some downside to him just a little bit, similar to what we saw in Swift, but obviously they have a little bit of that decommitment because they're moving on to a rookie albeit a rookie that they did just use a ton of draft capital on. So while I do see him getting a lot of touches to meet that capital, I also feel that that is kind of like just the the con of the situation, right? Like just the kind of the minor setback for now in, in year one with the Lions. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Like I said, I could see – I think that, you know, you could see some ball. Like I said, I think the pass catch, if he's just going to be a pass catching back, you could see some back and forth with that, uh, you know, a little bit of up and down fantasy performances, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I love the draft capital. makes me very excited to draft him at the two spot before we jump into your third pick here. I just want to give one more shout out to our friend over at shady rays. Shady rays is teaming up with SGPN for shady may. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500 shady rays. Have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow gloss, snow goggles, and much more. That's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection for all eyewear too. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. All right. Where are you headed with the third pick in this draft, Justin. Keeping it clean, keeping it simple. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, baby. JSN. All right, baby. Keeping it chalky. All right. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still just don't have enough from these other receivers to pole vault them ahead of them. I still mm-hmm. think that everyone kind of landed in, in some cloudy situations in this receiver class. So with JSN, I'm just going with the, the highest upside. And honestly, I really like what I'm seeing from this a potential upcoming Seattle Seahawks offense. And I think he's going to fit in very nicely in a situation where he's not going to demand a ton of coverage from defenses. I feel like he's going to be able to fit in uh, to a game plan where he's getting six to seven targets a game, probably at least four to five catches and anywhere from 60 to 75 plus yards because he's going to get drawn up in space. They're going to be able to get creative with the playbook. And if you do see an injury, if you see a domino fall, in a Tyler Lockett, in a DK Metcalf, or either of those running backs in Walker or Charbonnet, you're going to see an uptick in usage. And I think that he could be a very favorable uh, play towards the end of the year, um, at least where you're just having more confidence to start him week in and week out, because it does feel like each of these receivers, you know, this start the year, they're probably all going to have that boom or bust feeling out of the gate, right? But I still think that uh, JSN holds the safest floor of this group. That would be my pick as well. You know, I think the land, the landing spot, you know, you bet on town over landing spot. And, you know, I, I don't love it with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't see Geno Smith as a particularly prolific passer. Although, you know, if he continues what he did last year, then I could be proved wrong. And you have Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett could be moving on as early as next season though. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course you have Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker too. So there's going to be, they're going to be run heavy too. So you know, you, he might not jump out of the gate super hot, but he's, you know, he's a, I expect him to be a long-term contributor in this league. Somebody that you're going to be happy to make a, you know, being a starter for your dynasty team for a long time, although you might not see that ceiling right away. So 
with the fourth pick, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Mm. Ah, I am going to go with I'm going to go with Jordan Addison here. Okay. You know, I've been going I've been going back and forth a little bit, but I am going to take the you know what I think is probably the second highest skill, maybe even the the best receiver today in this year's draft. Um, you know, he maybe doesn't have the highest potential, but mm-hmm. go you know. This is a player who had over 20% target share his first two seasons at Pittsburgh with Kenneth with Kenny Pickett. He had over nearly 1,600 receiving yards as a sophomore. Took a step back as a junior at USC, where he struggled with a little bit of injuries and scheme fit. But you know, like I said, he's a route running technician, not a supreme athlete, first percentile size adjusted athletic score at the NFL Combine. But he does. You see it on tape. He doesn't need that to gain separation on his routes. I think he steps in right away with a very high floor and a high and a high volume passing offense. Going to be probably the third target behind Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson a lot of weeks, but that still should have some value. I think you're going to see some wide receiver three weeks right away. Class does not have the juice I thought it would with this fourth pick, but another player going to be a long-term contributor for your dynasty team, I think. Yeah, slides into a great landing spot in Minnesota. Obviously, they have the need for the wide receiver two. We were talking about this, you know, for a, a heavy portion of the off offseason. What are they going to do? Are they going to draft a guy? They're going. Are they going to make a move? Whether it be high end like a D Hop or a low end like a Juju Smith Schuster? No, they settle in the in the draft for Jordan Addison, and I think that we need to like it for uh, for Dynasty for sure. Uh, he's going to come in and has a clear path to start Week One. Um, I like I said, I think all these guys, including Addison, still feel like boomer bust to start the season. But again, you start to see some dominoes fall. Maybe Dalvin Cook gets moved, uh, you know, sometime in the, in the next few weeks or so. We're going to feel a little bit more confident about him then. Um, th- this offense just in general passes the ball a lot under Kevin O'Connell. So I think there's some some good vibes here for Jordan Addison. It's a good situation. Uh, I, I really wouldn't hate someone taking him over JSN if they're really just that desperate for year one production. Uh, but I do still think that JSN has a safer safer floor long term career wise. I agree with that. You know, I don't think there's any argument for that top wide receiver position. So we'll kick it over to you. Where are you headed with the fifth pick? Uh, Going with Quinton Johnston. Uh, I don't love the year one potential just because of how crowded uh, this uh, this skill room is with the Chargers. Obviously, you still have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, they, They drafted Josh Palmer recently. They still have Eckler, despite trade rumors, despite him requesting a trade. I I still feel like he's going to wind up being a Charger uh, this upcoming season. So where he could be boomer bust or be middled in this group this season, I love Quinton Johnson as far as a three- or four-year window because I think year two-plus is going to be very, very beneficial for Quinton Johnson drafters. You may just not see it right away because, again, this is a very, very crowded skill group with the Chargers. However, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have not been the epitome of clean health and staying on the field. So, you know, if you get an injury early on, yeah, Johnston could wind up again being the the top receiver in this class this year. Uh, But he is the best year two plus option, in my opinion, just because I think he fits well with that offense. High range of outcomes with Justin Herbert as his quarterback. I think it's a good situation, but year one, you know, you may just be, you know, holding a pail, you know, waiting for the milk to come. You know, Quentin Johnson might have the highest ceiling in this class, you know, um, has that size that isn't, you know, is rare in this class with a lot of smaller wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily play to that very poor contested catch rate against softer Big 12 coverage, but you like the draft capital. He was drafted ahead of Jordan Addison. And you love the landing spot with the Los Angeles Chargers. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, 
oft injured wide receivers who could miss time this season. They could be gone as or both one or both of them could be gone as early as 2024. So mm-hmm. Quinn Johnson's tied to Justin Herbert for the long term. You know, I don't think, you know, he doesn't have a particular high floor. Like I said, I don't, you know, you could see there's a, there's, I, it, as opposed to Jordan Addison and JSN, I think there, you know, you see a much, there's a much more likely outcome where just Quinn Johnson busts and he's in. But like I said, if anybody was going to be a consistent perennial top 10, 12 receiver in this class, I do think it, it could, it may be Quinton Johnston just because uh, he has that size that you're looking for. Go ahead. I hope he doesn't bust this season, but he could look like that come the end of the year. If all of these guys stay healthy, you know, and you're going back and forth with uh, Josh Palmer getting snaps. I mean, Palmer's been in this offense now another year over him. So, like, I, I still feel like if everything is click, clicking for this offense, you could see a season where he just does very little to nothing. You know, where, yeah, maybe he has a couple of, like, decent weeks, but, you know, where you're spending a top asset in Dynasty, you might be, you know, looking to, you know, be at the bottom of the pool again for uh, next year's draft. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's I've been going back and forth. I almost took him with the fourth pick. So that was my trepidation. That's who I almost took. Are, there were you well. a wide receiver hungry though? Like, do you need a re- receiver today? I just don't think that there's anybody else to take. You can't go any other position than wide receiver in a one quarterback league here. I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't think you can justify it. You take the first round wide receiver with not great, you know, not any uh, court running backs with strong uh, round two draft capital or a landing spot, you know, Zach Charbonnet. So those would have been my picks there. And I've been going a little bit back and forth before I give you my sixth pick though. I'm going to give one more shout out to our friends over at underdog fantasy. We are also brought to you by underdog fantasy. Best ball mania four is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prices. Plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It's also Kentucky Derby time. It's Kentucky Derby week and notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for all your triple crown bets. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and Belmont Saturday, June 10th, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of the Wolf's one-of-a-kind Ball and Bob painting its post time. And we have a bonus contest exclusively on the SGPN app. Winner gets a $100 SGPN gift card. Also, really quick, SGPN Fantasy Football giving away a free Lamar Jackson jersey in the month of May. Go leave a five-star review on our Spotify or Apple podcast. And then DM us your review at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. You're entered. Simple as that. Drawing takes place May 31st. All right. And we are back. And, if, you know, if you're still listening, if you wouldn't mind, you know, giving a like, subscribe, a rating, wherever you may be listening, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, we'll continue this mock draft here. I'm going to go with the sixth pick. You know, I, I I was really low. I was really sad, and I think it, it took a lot out of me those first few days, the landing spot. But I'm going to take Zach Charbonnet here. You know, it, it, it's just it, – it's not like the other positions, man. Like the tight ends, I like the first-round draft kill for, for Dalton Kincaid. Tight end, a notorious mm-hmm. position that takes a while to develop. I think there's probably a cheaper price tag you can get him later on. 
Zay, you know, Zay Flowers, just it's such a saturated wide receiver position. Do we see him making a, a huge, huge difference in that Baltimore offense with Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., and Mark Andrews, low volume passing? So give me, despite the horrible landing spot, give me Zach Charbonnet, a guy at a running back position that we, we needed running backs bad, and this class didn't end up delivering. But mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet, even with that, I mean, are you going to rank him low? And you can't rank him outside RB two territory still. You know, strong draft, um, strong draft capital. Like I said, I have to envision they see him in a role in this offense. Double digit PPR points, flex upside every week, and then maybe maybe he's an RB one the weeks that uh, Kenneth Walker misses. You know, we're talking about maybe the best handcuff running back in, in the NFL at the moment. So that that's what Zach Charbonnet is. Not what I expected to be drafting at the one six. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's hard to disagree. I agree with you that you probably in this spot, you're going back and forth between him and Flowers. And I think you really just go in whatever direction that you're most needy, of course. So I, I really don't have um, like a too strong opinion. I would have taken Flowers over him just because while I still like I agree with you, there's a there's a lot, a lot of competition for touches. Uh, I, I feel like the high range of outcome is, is, you know, when you're playing with Lamar Jackson, you can obviously rise to the top. Charbonnet's just got a very middled situation like that. That's that's just what I think about it. Um, but they did draft him, obviously, with, with a fair amount of draft capital. But they did the same thing with Kenneth Walker a year prior. So what does that tell us? Maybe they're not that into Kenneth Walker. Maybe they just really want to shore up a, a young core on the ground. I'm not sure. But yeah, I feel like boomer bust definitely year one. You know, if this team somehow moves on from Kenneth Walker or you know, he starts getting DeAndre Swift vibes. You know, it could be his backfield in year two to three plus. But uh, I think for now, this year, yeah, very middled situation. Um, I, like I said, I, I really don't hate it. And in, in single QB, this is where you're going to be at. So it's kind of difficult to pull some of these other names up ahead of him. If you don't like this pick, if you don't like what we're telling you right now, you got to trade back. Like try to trade back three or four picks. Get yourself a little bit more exposure to it, a position that you are a little bit more desperate for or you feel meets the ADP that you're you know, actually make, making your selection at? Like I said, not what I wanted, but um, I, I just don't know. Like I said, Zay Flowers in that book, like Lamar Jackson, I think the best wide well, receiver. Let's, let's just go right into him because he's my next pick. Yeah, so let's, let's just yeah, go right into it. Zay Flowers, pick seven. Like I was saying, like it's it's super crowded. We there was Believe me, you, you went through them, but we got OBJ, we got Mark Andrews. Uh, we got now Zay Flowers. We've got Devin Duvernay. We've they've added Nelson Aguilar. They've got Rashad Bateman. They've got those you know two running backs and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Like there is going to be a lot of distribution of touches in this offense. So it is not an ideal situation year one. But again, like if I'm if I'm having this kind of conviction to draft Johnston this high for a year two, like that that's my gut feeling is that he's going to be a year two plus or year three plus like booming type of dynasty asset. I, I really don't feel that bad about it with flowers going to Baltimore. We just saw that uh, Lamar has been resigned. He's going to be there a while. And I think the OBJ situation, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to predict injuries. I don't like doing it, but that's what's just been consistent, right? Mark Andrews, he got, he was, you know, getting middled in this offense at the end of last year. Obviously that will change when Lamar comes back, but I do see a range of outcomes where he could, be a little bit more than boomer bust this season but all of the injury dominoes have to fall if there's a group where i would bet on that to happen it's the ravens because all of these dudes 
just constantly get hurt. Both those running backs I mentioned got hurt last season. OBJ's been out for over a year. Rashad Bateman was hurt last season. Duvernay is super boomer bust. Uh, Bateman was hurt last year. Like, you know, he could just come in and wind up being the healthiest guy for all we know. You know, it's still very early. So I don't really, I'm not deterred of taking him here. Like, I'm not going to move up a tight end because, like, Mayer or Kincaid. I like Mayer a lot. I wouldn't move him up here even if I'm super desperate at tight end because I know he's going to be on the field all the time. He He's just constantly going to be taking snaps. I would still take Flowers here in this, you know, very you know tight group of receivers with Baltimore. Yeah, you know, it's just my, my concern. I know he hasn't had a strong wide receiver core, but the best wide receiver finish Lamar Jackson has ever produced for anybody has been a low-end wide receiver to one time with Marquise mm-hmm. Brown. Other right. than that, I mean, it, he, str- he struggled to produce 700-yard wide receivers. So, you know, it's – it's just Do not you believe that Flowers is a better prospect though than Marquise Brown because when Marquise Brown came in, yeah, that's what he I was mean. Super I, small, he was and, tiny. He, he was, was like a 12, baby. He was like the twelfth pick in the draft though, and people people still liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he 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 was a stronger prospect than Zay Flowers. I think too, uh, but, but you know, overall better football player. I think Marquise Brown, um, obviously not quite as big as Zay Flowers, although Zay Flowers is not a big guy himself either. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that's the right pick here, but that's why I went with Zach Charbonnet. Just, I, if you're looking for a if, – if you have a deep dynasty league and, you know, you're just like, I need a starter, somebody who's going to get me 10, 12 points a game, absolutely. I think, you know, say, but, you know, like I said, I just don't see a ceiling outcome. And I could – I see some spike weeks with Zach Charbonnet, maybe right. potentially if Kenneth Walker misses. So we'll jump into the eighth pick. Kendra Miller will be my pick there. One of the best pure rushers in college football last year, uh, 1,299 rushing yards. Uh, great athlete didn't get to show it because he was uh, injured didn't get to do any uh, testing really this this offseason uh, but like I said I love the talent I would thought he might sneak into it to round two but round three draft capital day two is just fine uh, went to the New Orleans Saints I don't see an immediate 2023 might not be his year Alvin Kamara Jamal Williams in the fold but they could be, both be moved on by 2024 Alvin Kamara facing suspension so you know I'm going to keep pounding running back here without too many wide receivers that catch my eye Mm-hmm. he's a guy who it wouldn't shock me. We're talking about him as a top 20 running back in dynasty next season when he's taken on that lead role with the new Orleans saints, not a strong pass catcher or blocker yet, but that could develop as one of the younger running backs in the class. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate it. We just have to see what happens with Alvin Kamara. And I honestly also like Jamal Williams a lot in this offense. So year one, I don't feel very good about his potential production. Even with Alvin Kamara being gone, let's say he's gone four weeks. <clears throat> That's four weeks where Keandre Miller is potentially their RB2. This offense still has a lot of weapons in general. They're deeper at receiver. They obviously, they've got you know the weird Taysom Hill situation, obviously. And then Derek Carr, who isn't really a quarterback that you want you know throwing the ball a ton. So there is some give and take there, right? There could be a little bit more leniency or upside to their running game. But until I see a domino fall, an injury, you know, hey, maybe Mike Thomas isn't ready week one somehow again, uh, you know, and they have to start getting more creative and digging into the bag here. But I just think he's kind of buried on the roster right now. I think that the situation could turn to where he's getting more touches and there is more upside for him. But he does feel more like a year two type of asset. Like, you know, he's not going to boom until one of these guys walks or this team makes a move. If we saw Alvin Kamara get moved, you know, somehow this offseason, that would be great. I mean, I would be wheels up. I'd probably even be able to take him ahead of Flowers, you know, probably closer to Charbonnet in in that instance. But uh, I feel like this is kind of like a sit and wait type of situation at pick eight. 
I don't feel bad about it in single QB. Um, I do have some other names I think will be competitive with him. Uh, next guy I have coming off the board is Zach Evans with the Rams. And I just think he has a very clear path to production. Like, I, who's going to, do you see him not being able to beat out Cam Akers or Kyrene Williams? I don't, I don't see you him don't. beating out Cam Akers. I don't. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that pick. That, that is surprise. That is, that is shocking. I, 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 that's the first pick I'm like floored by that. that that's it. That, I love it. I love, I love it getting interesting. Uh, but he's six round draft capital. Isaiah Pacheco went in the seventh round, dude. Like six, six. Listen, running backs in the NFL are not oh. valued. Like I know we just saw Jameer Gibbs and um, Bijan go in the first round very early, but that is not the typical protocol for running backs in the NFL right now. They are day two, day three picks usually at best. The the, the league is not valuing them the, the same way that they have in the past, and this is a very deep class that we've talked about consistently. Zach Evans, I, I don't see Cam Akers or Kyrene Williams just completely standing in the way. I, I don't see that. Cam Akers still coming back from injury. I know that they want to use him a lot, but when has Sean McVay just completely let the wheels fall off of a running back? Todd Gurley? Like that's that's the last time he gave a running back just pure, you know, purebred volume. I he is going to distribute the ball in this offense. They're not a very deep offense outside of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and their defense is getting worse. They're going to be playing from behind. I'm I'm not buying into the Matthew Stafford narrative that he's going to retire, but if he did, this team would be a dumpster fire, and he's definitely getting on the field. That's a fact. That's for sure. If that if this team is a bottom five team in the NFL somehow this year, he is going to play a lot in year one, and I definitely believe he will be worth round one at least single qb adp in rookie in rookie uh, draft, i sure. i did not i didn't even have i didn't even have him slated up to go in the top 24 he would not have been really there for me i did not have him there um i just zach evans i like i i like the i, I like kind of like the town before the draft i did i did i i he was you know i i was talking about him a lot and you know the six round draft capital you know we saw a lot of guys go ahead of him that that's a little bit concerning to me i've heard speculation he would have been a top 100 pick if it wasn't for a lot of the maturity issues i heard that uh, he didn't uh, interview very well. I know he interviewed with the Dallas Cowboys apparently, and it was about lasted about fifteen or twenty minutes. And uh, they hmm. apparently did not like well, what they heard. He's in, a, sent him right he's on in a great spot then because the Rams drafted Jared Goff, and he he referenced uh, SpongeBob, I believe, in his player interviews a few times. So I think he's going to be all right. So yeah, I mean that's that's maybe why he fell a little bit. I know that uh, he tra- you know transferred away from TCU. Uh, yeah, like I said, just some like I just heard about some maturity issues a little bit. So uh, I, I like the talent. Like I said, I just I saw Cam Akers come on coming on a little bit. Finally, a year and a half removed from that Achilles injury, or more than that even. So or yeah, about a year and a half. So I finally saw him. You know, I think I I wrote, was writing some articles. I think he had four top fifteen running back performances to end the season. Or no, four four straight, four out of five to end the season. So. Cam Akers come on a little bit. I don't, I could see him getting in there a little bit. That's an interesting pick. Like I said, I just, I was not expecting you to go that way. Uh, with, with the 10th pick here, uh, maybe somewhere I was more expecting you to go. I am going to go with, it doesn't feel good to take a tight end here. I don't love it, but give me Dalton Kincaid with the Buffalo Bills. Oh. I, it doesn't feel good, but you know, give me the, give me the last first round pick left on the board. Um, you know, like I said, if, if, if there's an outlier chance, he becomes like the second target in this offense with Josh Allen, I'll tell, take it, even if it's a remote chance, you know what I mean? So Dalton Kincaid has that ability, you know, you have to squint a little bit. You can see a top three, top five perennial tight end. 
uh, route running downfield ability. Not a strong blocker, probably going to play a little bit more outside in the slot area. But Dawson Knox could be moved on from as early as next season. So I like I, I like the landing spot. He was the tight end one in the draft class. So I'll, I'll buy in with the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, I, I know it's not very exciting. Where you know where, would you would you take a tight end this early? No, my my tight end uh, approach in this draft is let somebody take Kincaid and then I'll take, you know, Mayer appropriately after. Like, I just don't agree with with the assessment of these with these NFL GMs, specifically the Bills pole vaulting Kincaid over Mayer. I, I and, and again, like, I don't know where this is coming from you. And then you and I've talked about this a couple of times. Him being the second best target in the Bills offense as a rookie tight end. I don't buy it. No, thank you. No, 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 thank you. I like, I love their receiver group. It's a very deep group. They already have Dawson Knox, who's going to be on the field more so because he can block. And this team, you know, sets Josh Allen up for some direct runs, not as much as, you know, some of the other running QBs in this league, like Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, but he's going to run the ball and they're going to want to protect him. So while, yeah, Kincaid could come in, get himself drawn up for, you know, maybe even five to six touchdowns as a rookie, I still don't believe that he is worth this draft stock this early as a tight end. I, I just don't buy it. And to me, he doesn't have booming potential until year two anyways. Like it, until Dawson Knox does leave, until they are completely removed from the free agent market or whatever, the wide receiver market in general, because I still believe that they're trying to add themselves a DeAndre Hopkins or maybe another asset at the running back position, as you see names like, like Dalvin Cook still readily available on the market, right? Like I have to believe that they could be potentially in the market for another big piece this offseason still. So I, I am not buying Dalton Kincaid year one. Year two, I think this could definitely be, or he could be a bigger part of the offense. Uh, but no, as far as tight end, I'll let somebody else take the top guy. I'll, you know, let the the ADP game, you know, come my way with the, the next tight end. Where are you headed with the 11th pick? Take a Good take question. take a take a swig with that energy drink before you do. Get you know get Good get question. fueled up. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm between two players. Uh, let's go with Jalen Hyatt. Screw it. I was gonna go with a, a running back. Well, let's go you, with Jalen Hyatt. You you are you are shocking me with, the, with these picks. I love it. Spicy. Give 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 me why. I'm not a big Giants guy, but I just think that Jalen Hyatt. I think that he fits what they want to do the best, uh, you know, with with his straight line speed. I feel like he can be a big asset in that offense. Obviously, they have a lot of speedsters uh, in a Darius Slayton, Wondell Robinson, maybe a, a lower A dot guy, but obviously still perceived to have a role in this offense. Uh, who is who is the other one that they added? Was it Jamison Crowder? A lot of these names are underwhelming. Like it doesn't feel like he's going to have a ton of competition. Obviously, like I said, he's got speed, but he has you know some decent hands, some route running skills. I just think in this offense, they're looking for a great field breaker, and he can be he could be that guy for them. Again, a lot of these other names that he's going to have to compete with, they feel a little bit more underwhelming. So while I feel like Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Wandell Robinson, their experience may make them a week one starter, Jalen Hyatt feels like he could be someone that comes in and he is a consistent starter year one for the second half of the season because i'll say it again this group just feels underwhelming and they're looking for that game breaker and he feels like he could be that for them dangerous in space and i, I think dable will draw him up as such like i said i i thought it was interesting because you know i i'm 
I have a lot of fire. I do a lot of work and now analyzing these prospects before the draft. However, when the draft does settle, I do do I factor in a lot of I factor in a lot of draft capital. So I there was five or six wide receivers taken ahead of Jalen Hyatt. And I have to consider why the NFL did that. Maybe Jalen Jalen Hyatt, they see him as that one trick pony, more of just a burner. So what what does that mean for fantasy? Maybe he's a better NFL player. He's going to stretch the defense. Maybe not a consistent fantasy contributor, and that's kind of how I see it. So he would have been around two pick for me. But I, you know what? Here's where I'm going to get fun with this draft. I just don't see who is going to make this huge difference for my fantasy team other than one man. I'm going with Anthony Richardson here. That I know I, I was talking about taking him with the second pick before, but I am taking Anthony Richardson to finish off this first round. Um, I just don't see, you know, any other running backs or wide receivers or tight ends who are, who, you know, like I said, Anthony Richardson, I know we devalue quarterbacks in one quarterback formats, but Anthony Richardson is the type of guy who makes a difference in one quarterback formats. This is a guy you do covet in one quarterback formats. He you know, he has that outlier outcome of being a top five, top 10 perennial quarterback. And, you know, really anytime he steps on the field with that rushing ability, passing a long way to go, but uh, give me the upside, somebody who could be a difference making quarterback, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a kind of, in the settings where that's hard to find exactly. So I, I like that pick here. What, where do you think, where, where, where was Anthony, where would have Anthony Richardson fallen in your rankings? I have no problem with it here at this turn. Uh, probably, well, I guess, what am I talking about? Turn snake draft. Uh, yeah, probably somewhere in that like one eleven to two, two window, I think is just fine for him. We've had this discussion before. If you're a, a needy drafter for a quarterback in a single QB, Anthony Richardson's the guy to target just based on the uh, potential highest, uh, you know, potential highest outcomes. Excuse me. Uh, if there's going to be one of these guys that's just going to implode with production, Anthony Richardson feels like that guy. So while you may feel like you're exposing yourself to a little bit more risk, I do feel like he is the guy that could boom the highest of him, Stroud and Bryce Young. So don't hate it whatsoever, but don't expect me to go on a quarterback run here. Yeah, I think that that's it. That'll be it for me in this round. I can go and preview that for you. Where are you headed with this first pick in the second round? Oh, let's see. Let's go with let's go with Devin A. Chain. Okay, that that finally. I, 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 that that was I, I thought that was a, that was the, the clear pick, but I was like, is he going to shock me again? I mean, you may have thought it was a clearer pick before, you know, going ahead of guys like um, like Zach Evans or Jalen Hyatt. Um, while the Dolphins are a very fast team, I, I'm just kind of confused how he'll fit into this group. They're deep at running back. They're going to use Mostert. They're going to use Jeff Wilson. They traded for Jeff Wilson last season and then re-signed him. So not only did they give up a draft pick for him, they also gave him more money. All these guys are going to get used in this offense. What, what I really like about this offense is that we saw that the tight end just doesn't need to be used like whatsoever, right? Other than like, you know, knob gobbling some touchdowns. I just don't know if Devin Chain is going to get a, a lot of touchdowns in year one through three. I just don't know how he's going to be used. He's very fast. He could be a very friendly PPR target for Tua Tagovailoa out of that backfield, but I got to see what big Mike's got drawn up. And so I just have a little bit more reservation on him um, while he is fast may not have the, the the best size, right? He he could take a, you know, one bad hit, you know, in in a style of offense where they're trying to draw him up in space. Uh and again, I'm not going to deter away from him, but as far as like ADP goes, he just slips a little bit for me because you know, until I start seeing maybe some of the uh, you know, the hype videos, some of the the hype TikToks, 
I just feel a little bit more reserved because I feel like this offense is going to move the ball around to all of its targets. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, I thought this, if you were handpicking a spot, and we'll jump into your question in two seconds, Michael, right after I do this. Um, you know, if we were handpicking a spot for A-Chain where he could maximize his likely role of 10 to 15 touches per game, it would be the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. He's not going to get a lot of attention. You know, single coverage out there in space with that kind of track athlete. Like I said, if you were handpicking a destination for A-Chain, it would have been the Miami Dolphins. 188 pounds doesn't project to have a big workload, but like I said, I think he's going to have some big weeks. Might have like in that kind of role, going to have some down. We're going to have to be very efficient in his touches to be fantasy productive. So going to have some big up and down weeks. But somebody I could see being a flex contributor, one of those guys, one of those running backs. You know, kind of like not necessarily he's a size comp like a Chris Thompson or somebody like that, but one somebody who does that kind of sneaks in there, kind of a flex upside a lot of weeks. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I see in his range of outcomes, but. We'll jump over to Michael Esri's question. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Do I trade Mahomes, Waddle, and Pacheco for Burrow, Bryce Young, Eckler, Mixon, Wall? Oh, this always takes me a second to, to really. And this is quite it's a redraft. Redraft. How, how are you, how are you already trading in redraft, trade, brother? Oh, uh, I guess he's. They do early drafts. I mean, these guys are itching to draft. You know what I mean? And and I would I would yeah, advise I you so. to do a dynasty league if you're so hot. To, you know, if if you're if you're in it right now, man, you you ought to be doing dynasty leagues. But redraft this early, that's fine. Well, well oh, man, this is this is definitely. A I wouldn't question. do this trade to be honest with you. No, no, definitely. I wouldn't. Not. Especially in a super not for redraft. If it was dynasty, I'd say wheels up, but I would not do this for for redraft. I would no. I mean, if you drafted Mahomes, you obviously you have obviously had to spend more capital on him than Burrow, and all you're getting back is a, a quarterback that you're probably not going to use. Well, I guess I he mean, did say I, it's super flex. So I mean, actually, I, 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 I didn't see Burrow because he's capitalized. I actually might make this trade. Burrow and Mahomes. There's going to be a little bit of a difference there, but not a huge difference. Then you have. Yeah, I still like Mahomes a little bit of uh, rushing upside a little bit more. And then J- Jalen Waddle for, and then you have Eckler and Mixon. Let's say for Jalen Waddle, and then you get uh, Waller for Pacheco. Yeah, I mean, okay, I I like it. I, I I'd make in redraft. I'd make that trade in dynasty. I'm the opposite of you. In no way I would make that trade in dynasty. Give me Mahomes Waddle that combo there over the aging running backs. But in redraft, I, I'd make that trade. You know, the running backs may give you a little more upside this season. Yeah, I just don't know what's going on with Mixon yet, yeah, really, or Eckler. I mean, if, if Eckler, if I knew, if if, the, if those situations were more concrete, I'd feel better about it. But uh, I'm holding. Emerson says, "Go ahead." So go ask your mom to settle the debate for us. All right, we'll jump back into the rookie draft here. I'm going to go Roshan Johnson at, at the second pick here. Your new running back for the yep. Chicago Bears. You yep. know, I thought I was holding out hope he was going to get day two draft capital. Didn't happen, but ended up one of the first picks on day three. Does everything very well, I think. Played behind Bijan Robinson, but like I said, very strong, uh, strong frame, breaks tackles, you know, smart, uh, smart, with great vision, good pass blocker. So he's, I think he does a lot of things to get on the field early. Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman are there, but if you didn't like this landing spot, I mean, there's running backs at every single, you know, there's going to be running backs everywhere, you know what I mean, like to compete with. So mm-hmm. Chicago Bears backfield is a lot less intimidating than other backfields. So I like the landing spot. Somebody I could see commanding a work, uh, a large role early on. You know, I think I could see him in tandem with Khalil Herbert. So I, I like it here. And somebody, you know, I, I like Roshan Johnson a lot before the draft. A uh, little disappointed in the draft capital, but what are your thoughts? I've taken him as high as one eleven. 
So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very high on him. Um, I just don't want to bang the drum a little bit too loud because I love his round three availability right now in rookie draft. So I definitely want to tone down a little bit of the hype. Selfish. Selfish. You, yeah, you're, you're trying to drive down his price by not I taking am. him in these range. Oh my goodness. It's called insider it, trading, bud. That's how the world operates. That is, that it's is not all ruthless. sunshine and rainbows, pal. All right. Sometimes you got to fiddle the market a little bit, shake, shake things up in your favor. Uh, no, like I said, I took him at 111 in, in a 20 team draft. And I did that because it was my only pick through 40 picks of two rounds in a 20 team draft. So he feels like he offers a very safe career floor. While year one, he may not look like the most appetizing asset because he's, you know, middled between Dante Foreman and Khalil Herbert. There are many believe the many, including myself, that believe he can just literally work his way to the top of this group. Just just plain old take the job over by week six. Because he's a great pass blocker, because he can pass catch out of the backfield, he has a little bit of what both Foreman and Herbert can both do. Obviously, just a little bit more raw, come in, get the NFL body in shape get down that playbook, and it feels like, and again, I'm not alone here, he could just take this job by week six or week seven. Um, they were looking to spend some later round capital on a running back. I was very, very happy that it was Roshan. Um, while Herbert and Foreman are still there, you know, they could cause some problems earlier on. You know, Comparing him to the two, Herbert, when getting volume, has looked good. Like when he gets 18-plus touches, I think – Four out of the five times he's done it, he's hit over 100 all-purpose yards and has gathered at least a touchdown. So he looks good, and I think the Bears want to see what they have in him still coming back from the injury. But coming back from the injury, Dante Foreman being another year older, it feels like a good recipe for Roshan to just take over this group. Uh, if he doesn't, you know, then he's going to be boomer bust all year one. But he is definitely someone you want as a year two asset. Uh, year two, year three, it should be his backfield in my opinion. I like that. I like that, especially for I drafted him a lot in my dynasty leagues this week. So one of my favorite guys, where are you headed with the third pick in this second round? Uh, third pick, get my order back up here. Mm. I'm going to go with Jonathan Mingo. Okay. All Jonathan right. Mingo now of the Carolina Panthers. Sorry, I'm just writing these down. Got a great frame, 6'2", 220. While he does have a crowded group around him, you know, this also feels like a, a group where the cream can rise to the top here. I mean, DJ Chark just been absolutely enamored with injuries his entire career. Adam Thielen, old as hell. Uh, Shy Smith, eh, not really too worried. Terrace Marshall, eh, not really too worried about it. Hayden Hurst coming in, eh, not too worried about it. Like, there, there feels like there is a path for production in year one. I don't think that the writing is like so clearly on the wall uh, written that that's going to be the case. But, you know, coming in with his frame, high draft capital, pick 39, feels like a way that you want to back up your investment in your top quarterback and Bryce Young. All, although they're talking about Andy Dalton starting week one. I don't I don't know what that's all about. That, that's that's fake, mess. fake news. They're trying yeah, to motivate I, their I don't like, rookie quarterback. I don't like coach talk at all. Me and coach, coach talk, talk do not get along. But you know what I mean? Like, it feels like that type of early draft uh, capital could just put him on the field right away. Like, I just mentioned all these guys that are going to be there ahead of him. Terrace Marshall's been there a while. He's been in the system. So my assumption is, is that he would be a starter. Adam Thielen would be a starter. And DJ Chark would be a starter. But this draft capital, I just feels like it indicates there's a shot. He's on the field first play week one. 
Um, yes, I, I believe he will be. Uh, Jonathan Mingo was not a player I was on before the draft. I expected him to be on day three. I expected it to be a round four pick. Jonathan Mingo, not a strong college production, but you know, if you squint really, really, really hard on Jonathan Mingo, you can see a George Pickens type player. Uh, big, big frame, alpha mentality. Squint, squint really hard, is that what you said? Yes, exactly. If you, <laughs> you see, you can see George Pickens, yes. You know what I mean? It take, if I take off my glasses, maybe, you know, it's real blurry, but... Um, so, like I said, nah, I see great, better with the shady rays on. <laughs> great ball tracker, uh, deep deep threat. I like. There's a lot. There's some things to like, and I'm willing to rethink my pre-draft process. Like I said, I, you know, when I, I listen to the NFL, the guys making millions of bucks. Uh, they took him very early on in round two. So yeah, I see him. You know, I like the potential. So that would have been. I would have. He would have been my next pick at the two uh, four, but I would have taken my next player ahead of him, and I would have been the only one though. I am going to take uh, – I'm going to end the fall on Michael Mayer. I'm going to go ahead and take a lot of people's tight end one in the class. He did uh, go to, the, mm-hmm. I think, the fourth or fifth pick in the second round to the Las Vegas Raiders. He was the third tight end selected behind Sam Laporta, though. Um, okay, you know, one piece of information infor- information for you. You know, you were kind of shocked by why Ma- Michael Mayer is not the tight end one in this class. So would it shock you if I told you that player profiler, one of the companies I, you know, I work for, they do fantastic stuff. You know, they, they, uh, they give athletic scores for all these players and they size adjust it and they rank them all time. So at six foot five and 249 pounds with a four, seven, Oh, 40 yard dash and one Oh two, nine speed score. Would it shock you if I told you that Michael Mayer out of 466 tight ends all time in this database, he ranks 464 athletic rank the third worst all-time athletic rank for a tight end so this because he's be, big because it's compared with his size right well i mean yeah so it's factor it's factoring in his size though it's it's kind of size adjusted. right that's 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 what i'm saying so yeah exactly it, all right i i see that the numbers aren't aren't so friendly for him uh i'm assuming that the raiders had that information and they still sent a, spent a high second round pick on him like his yeah. draft capital was going to be high based off of his off his production i mean what what does that have to do with him being a blocker because blocking is what's going to put him on the field every single down oh who, who are the tight ends there oj howard oj howard who's the other one it's gonna drive me crazy um here we talk about the raiders with oh, the raiders austin oh. hooper austin hooper austin and oj yeah. howard yeah yeah big threats Big threats to take Michael Mayer off the field. Dawson Knox over Dalton Kincaid. Like, there's a clear separation of utility there between the two. Kincaid will hit the scene. Knox needs to get low A, low a dot or block. Like, it's, it's just that simple, right? Michael Mayer is going to be on the field a lot and going to have a ton of utility because he blocks. And he's one of the best blocking tight ends to come out of college in a while. Like, he looks like a damn video game character. I don't care what anybody says. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he, you Are know, you excited just, about it though? Year one? No. You got Jimmy Garoppolo there. You're waiting for the Raiders to, you know, level up at uh, at QB. And when that happens, people are going to be looking at Michael Mayer like, you know, it's the second coming of Cole Komet a couple of years ago. Like everyone was losing their minds with Cole Komet that he's going to be this, you know, crazy, insane tight end asset. Look what happened to him. You know. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think this is what some of the trepidation was. You know, I, I was listening to Matt Kelly this week, and apparently the Dallas Cowboys like to, like, you know, rumor is that they like to check out player profiler. So, you know, that they have a lot of athletic scores on there, so maybe that scared them off a little bit. 
You look at the top five or six tight ends perennial, though, you'd look at that group, better athletes usually than Michael Mayer. So my worry is, are you getting a guy with maybe a top 10 ceiling, which is not saying a lot for the tight end position? Is he going to be just one of those one of those guys? You know what I mean? He's just he's not in that elite tier, but you start him. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of maybe why he'll have, falls a little bit uh, he'll have more scratch. touchdowns this season than Devin A. Chain. That's, that's probably true. Uh, like I said, Michael Mayer, I do like the value a lot here, but maybe why he's not a first round pick in these rookie drafts. With that, where are you headed with the fifth pick in the second round? Screw QBs. Let's go Tank Bigsby. I like that. I pick. like Tank a lot. I I, I think uh, I think a lot of these running backs are going to, or not a lot of them, the back end running backs are going to get more usage than people think for the Jaguars. Tank Bigsby, uh, Dearness Johnson. Obviously, they went out and signed Dearness Johnson in the offseason. Now they draft Tank Bigsby. Peterson has spoken about wanting to use multiple backs in this system. And I feel like the team's just going to be more pass heavy anyway. So what I'm hoping happens is that tank can actually take a little bit more of the workload um, as far as uh, putting the ball on the ground and they can start feeding ETN maybe more in the passing game. Uh, that's my hope for the, the, like the one, two split here. I'm, assu I'm I assume that tank is going to be able to get that second spot. Do you, do you agree with that over Darren Johnson? Yeah, I think he's going to be the second spot, but okay. Which you know, once again, I think this was a less attractive Zach Charbonnet situation a little bit. I love the handcuff value. Not sure it's a lot of standalone value, especially without passing game upside like Zach Charbonnet has. So you know, I don't think he's going to be a liability mm -hmm. on third down. So you know, he'll get some early down work, but he'll be probably touchdown right. dependent. I think early on. No, that that's what I like about him though is that I think that he could be their red zone guy, and the only threat to that to me is Jernis Johnson. It's not even Travis Etienne because of his frame, right? Like when you look at him, you know, he looks almost like a like a, you know, built-up slot receiver in the backfield, right? Like he should be catching more passes back there. My hope is that Tank comes in and takes that workload off of him so that he can just be that guy and hopefully that would mean that Tank's getting more opportunities for touchdowns. The dude's name is Tank and he's going to be taking red zone carries. Like what what more can you want? I, yeah, I like it. Just slam down on those day two draft cap. Don't don't look. Just slam down on those day two draft capital running backs, even regardless of situation. So with the with the sixth pick here, though, I'm ready to get hurt again. Give me Rashi Rice. Um, I okay. I did. I didn't have him anywhere. I didn't have him up here anywhere close to up here before the draft. But that's yeah. that's that's a pull up for sure. Landing spot with Patrick Mahomes. You know the Chiefs go. You told us to seven days ago not to fall for it again, Emerson. I know, but I, this is this is where you take him. You don't fall for it at the first round where Sky Moore, my dogs are getting restless if you're hearing him shake around. Fair. You, you don't take him Good in the point. first round like you did Sky Moore, but here in the middle of the second, this is where you take your shot. I just, I know there's a couple guys went ahead and there's a couple guys I like the talent more, but once again, I'm willing to I'm willing to maybe bet that I'm wrong. The Chiefs are due for a hit here. They missed on Sky Moore. That, I, okay, maybe miss is a strong word. Sky Moore didn't show us a lot last season. McCole Hardman missed. Demarcus Robinson missed. You know, just a lot of round, a lot of round two, round three wide receivers that haven't panned out. Rashi Rice, a little bit bigger than some of these guys in this class, does a lot of the things well. Not a supreme athlete or anything like that, but somebody you know, mm -hmm. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, not a lot of attractive options at wide receiver paired with Mahomes for the long term. I'm willing to take a shot in the mid second round. Yeah, I I, I don't hate it whatsoever. Um... You're getting potential exposure to the best QB. If he comes in and wins the the wide receiver room, 
it's going to be a great situation. I'm just going to feel really bad for people expecting, you know, Rashi Rice or Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and everybody's feelings are going to be super butthurt when it winds up being Richie James and MVS. Like, uh, golly, that's going to hurt. That's going yeah, to be, I, that's going to be mean, a fall from heaven. I mean, it's that's is it that maybe the likely outcome? Sure, but we're taking gambles here in the mid second round here, and yeah, like Mike, like Mike Rob said here, uh, yeah, some somebody might somebody might do it. You're right. Uh, I've seen him actually in the second round in most of my drafts. For for people are tired of getting, uh, you know, screwed over by the Kansas City Chiefs by Kansas City Chiefs fantasy players. So I have seen him in a lot of the second round, although. That I ha- I do play in super flex leagues though, so maybe in one quarterback, and you could be right. He's definitely pushing probably first round in a lot of uh, one quarterback leagues. So with the two seven, where are you headed? Oh, do 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 do. Great call there, Mike. Too, your mother raised you right. I love it. Uh, let's go, Tajay Spears. Um, I, I, I don't love it, but you know, backing up Derrick Henry, they need some speed out of the backfield. Uh, feels just like the the cheaper version of Devin A. Chain at this point. While you may not feel as comfortable about how they're going to use him in the offense early on, I just feel like they need a little bit more speed and a little bit more gadgetry out of this backfield right now. Um, and Derrick Henry is going to knob gobble all those touches. Do you think that Hassan ha- uh, Hassan Haskins is going to be kind of a roadblock, or do you see Spears coming in and kind of like just being the guy over him? I, I I feel like Haskins didn't really do enough for me in year one to say like, oh yeah roadblock big issue for spears you know i have a i have a level different profile for tajay spears you know i i don't see a lot of you know i see, i compare him to kind of devin singletary i he doesn't have top a very smart very good football player you know that devin had, singletary was had like the highest explosive rate last season that's interesting i didn't know that but that's why we bring you on for those interesting facts um the, i stole that from the, andrew rob i can't take credit for that that's my that's my co-host on my other show that's uh, not my that's not my bit that's his bit he, uh, Devin Singletary, you know, he has some burst. That's when that same thing with Tajay Spears. It does not have top line speed. Not not a, not an overall great athlete. You know, the the I love the day two draft capital. I think you know this is a good landing spot. Derrick Henry is twenty nine years old. Derrick Henry is going to get a heavy workload this season too. That combination makes him very prone to injury. And any time that he misses injury, I think yeah, Tajay Spears could be a plug and play like RB two flex play. Um, Cart, you know, I've heard, you know, there's recent speculation he doesn't have an ACL in one of his legs coming off two significant knee injuries already in his career. So those are some concerns. I don't see, I don't see Tajay Spears playing in this league four or five years down the line as a Tennessee starter. But, Damn. you know, I do see. Save the receipts, y'all. You know, I just, it's, it's hard to see a guy with, you know, with running back short, short careers. This guy is an older prospect with aging knees already. I do think, you know, for the next couple seasons, though, for the next few seasons, you could get some fantasy value out of them, though. So I like the pick here. Keep drafting those day two um, running backs. Uh, I'm going to this is what this pick's getting a little tough for me here. We're kind of getting close to a tear break here. I am. I'm going to go with one of the players. Nah, no, I'm not. Not 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 in this non one quarterback leagues. I'm going to go with Marvin Mims. I really liked him in the pre-draft process. Last pick in the second round. Really impressive at the NFL combines. Uh, really stood out. 96th percentile breakout age. Plays inside, plays outside. Very good athlete. Uh, great uh, deep threat downfield. Uh, you know, have a season with over 20 yards per reception. So, I mean, da- very dangerous. I expect this Broncos offense to get better. I think he naturally pairs better with Cortland Sutton, you know, but Jerry right. Judy, you know, probably. Yeah, I could see those guys coexisting as well. I expect Russell Wilson to get better. So, Marvin Mims was somebody who I was – 
ranking as my wide receiver. I was going back for between my receiver four and five in the pre-draft process falls a little bit, but I, I really like the talent here a lot. Uh, not a bad situation. I'm interested to see what Sean Payton can do with him for sure. Um, it, it's a wait and see type of situation. I mean, you have three guys ahead of him clearly on the depth chart and Tim Patrick, Sutton and Judy. Right. Tim Patrick, nice I'm about not all- sure about I think Tim. They're very, very excited about Tim Patrick. You think he's just going to get cut? Not get cut, but coming off an ACL no, injury, to, to, I like the talent. They're they're just banging the drum for Tim Patrick to come back. Um, I, I I fully expect him as long as he's healthy. Week one, he's going to either be a starter or still be ahead of Marvin Mims in the in the pecking order here. Um, I do believe because of Patrick's history, Sutton's injury history even judy judy's been banged up since he's been coming into the league and missing a handful of games here and there that's why i like the situation is because i do think that outside of his potential just to be better than these guys and like just healthy like without you know needing them to fall before he can go up you know there is that potential there because these guys are just so riddled with their injury history so i don't hate this the scenario here but i do believe that those three are still going to be firmly ahead of them win healthy uh so it feels like you know more of like a second half year one type of situation because i would expect one of those guys to get hurt and don't be don't be surprised to break about uh, greg dolchich taking a step forward either in a sean payton led offense so i think that there's a lot of mouse to feed in this offense absolutely yeah that that's a little bit concern definitely target volume especially if russ isn't going to pass very much what is your pick for the two nine we are just getting to our last few picks here Hmm. I'm going to try not to take a QB. Uh, I like Chase Brown a lot. Let's ride with Chase Brown. I think it's a good situation in um, in Cincinnati. I know that folks are a little bit excited because, oh, Joe Mixon, he could get suspended. Oh, there's talk that they may move him. I think he's going to be back there, but that doesn't mean that Chase Brown can't have a nice role in this offense that has just used multiple running backs over and over and time and time again under Zach Taylor. Uh, it's not really a concern for me as long as he's the number two there uh, guy, or number two guy there behind Joe Mixon. I think that there is potential for some considerable year one uh, breakout production. Uh, I think the name and the draft stock is what's going to get him to slip a little bit more. So on the ADP on the dynasty boards, you know, playing at uh, university of Illinois doesn't have as much of a comparative profile uh, with the stats compared to some of these other guys. But like I said, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be used in this offense, specifically in the red zone. Could see him even as a third down back. I don't see Samaj P. Ryan uh, leaving and Chase Brown coming in as an, Chase Brown being drafted and coming in as an indicator that, oh, Joe Mixon is going to be Mr. 25 touches a game again. I think that we're you know getting farther and farther away from those years. And I think Chase Brown's going to have some upside in this offense. Great athlete, yeah, coming off a great year in the Big Ten, too. Uh, you know, very productive college career, again, some strong defenses. Took on a very heavy workload, so he can be a workhorse. We, uh, Samahe uh, Piran, uh, outsnapped Joe Mixon in two of three playoff games last year. So, Chase Brown, certainly somebody who could get some early playing time. And Joe Mixon has not been the most durable guy throughout. He has been banged up throughout his career, too. So, we could see Chase Brown get on the field early. So, I like the landing spot a lot as well. With the, my second-to-last pick, I'm going to go with Sam Laporta. Um, he's the second tight end drafted, 34th overall to the Detroit Lions, stepping into a you know, a very prominent role potentially 
Sam Laporta was a guy I liked a lot. I had him ranked as my tight end three in the pre-draft process as well. Detroit Lions liked him a lot too. Uh, you know, very, you know, very good in open space. You know, sheds off tackles. Um, I like, you know, I, like I said, I like the prospect a lot. Very productive at Iowa. I think he's had three straight seasons of over 20% target share, over 650 receiving yards the last two seasons. Um, the only, my big concern is he kind of is in that he's a move tight end is like what they call it now. I believe it's that kind of, mm -hmm. it's, he's a smaller tight end, not, not a traditional player. He's not going to be stepping in at the NFL level and doing a lot of inline blocking um, that that profile has that Evan Ingram profile has not yielded great fantasy results recently. So the concern is maybe he's going to have his moments throughout the game where he's at called upon four or five times, but maybe just not a consistent fantasy uh, contributor. But I think right here is a perfect place to take him, considering that strong draft capital too, and not a lot of competition uh, for targets at the tight end position. You know, the Detroit Lions offense is very talented, but he could uh, be a red zone threat right away. Yeah, there's really nothing to dislike about the situation for him. Um, he just needs to check the boxes really for the Lions, and I think he will. Um, I, I think that to start the season, he's going to be very boomer bust. And I know that sounds kind of funny because Jameson Williams is going to be gone, you know, like the first six games. So some might say, oh, oh well, that should mean a bigger role early on. I just don't think that's the case for rookie tight ends. I think it takes a little bit of time to get acclimated. Um, you know, obviously there's a learning curve just in year one overall. So I, I think that he could not be a nice little piece for dynasty owners down the stretch of next season and into year two. Um, as are most rookie tight ends, right? Like that's that's typically the case here, but there's no competition whatsoever. He has a very, very clear path to, to being a starter, really not that dissimilar to uh, Michael Mayer. I'm just a lot higher on make, Michael Mayer as just an overall you know, asset. He's, he's just more sure-handed, right? But I think Laporta is going to be in a very good situation. It doesn't feel like he's going to get middled. Like it just feels like he could be a starter there for the next four or five years, easy. So I, 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 uh, I have no objections to this pick whatsoever. Your last pick, my friend. Uh, I was going to cop out with the QB, but we'll go with something sexier. Give me Deuce Vaughn, baby. Give me some Deuce Vaughn action for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, definitely someone you're going to see go later. You know, like the, you know. Superflex, IDP formats, whatever, probably, you know, more applicably a, a round three prospect in the majority of formats. But I like the opportunity quite a bit here playing behind Tony Pollard. Rojo is the only other competitor for touches. Ronald Jones. Come on. Like you can't tell me you're a little bit excited about some Deuce Vaughn for this upcoming season. If there is a potential like CMC, the next CMC looming, you know, somewhere buried in this group, he could be it. I mean, obviously, Bijan's probably the lowest hanging fruit there, but just looking at his size, the way that he, you know, can use his speed, he's got sure hands. Like, he's not going to run anybody over by any means. I guess I should say that. I mean, CMC can run some people over. The dude's like fucking stacked. You, you, uh, you, you got to so, stop using so those two names together. You have to stop using those what? two names together. CMC and, and Deuce Vaughn. You don't like it? Oh, my God. That, oh, God. That is, that is, that, that, one that is of, another uh, level compared. Hey, I mean, it's he's so excited to watch. Oh my god! That, I mean, just just putting those two names—that's tough. The short—he's the shortest player to ever ever be measured at the NFL Combine. Short, yeah, shortest. Dad is the scout for the for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that, it's that, it's this is T-ball all over again, man. They're gonna flood oh, this kid man. with touches. Oh my! It's gonna be god. a great story. It's. <laughs> I mean, he's like what? I mean, he. I mean, Darren Sproles isn't even an accurate comparison because Darren Sproles was so much larger than Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's this is like he he's such an outlier size wise. I I can't I I think such you don't get an often get a nineteen hundred all purpose yard player available here. Very very good player, pass catching and rusher. I mean he's very explosive. He took on a what's a his work, comp a to uh, what's his what's his size comp to Tariq Cohen? RB one his rookie season, no big deal. Ah, uh, let's let's see how Terry Cohen. Let's see. Let's let's look how big Terry Cohen is. I forgot about Terry Cohen a little bit. I know as a Bears fan, you didn't though. It's hard to forget about him. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to forget. But yeah, RB one is rookie right. season. No big deal. Right. Completely <laughs> undersized. Yeah, he did. He, he was probably he did, he drafted in round four plus. All right, so let's look here. I have him pulled up, and now I'm going to pull up Deuce Vaughn on player profiler here and get all their measurements. Um, I just. I, I love Deuce Vaughn, but man, when you, we, I, and I like the pick even, but when you started throwing around that, uh, that Christian McCaffrey, I, I, could, I couldn't, I um, couldn't. So Tarek Cohen is five foot six, 179 pounds. And yeah, I mean, it's very similar. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is five foot five, 179 pounds. So, I mean, he even has a slightly difference? higher, uh, same, same weight. So he actually has a slightly higher BMI than Terry Cohen does. Wow, that's crazy. And Matt Nagy, of all people, was able to make Tariq Cohen an RB1 in fantasy Once, as a rookie. It was, it, was, it was a freak season, though. You know, that, that all everything had to go right for that to happen. So I would not in the range that. of outcomes for Deuce Vaughn to be the next CMC, I need one player to get hurt who's coming back from an injury, Tony Pollard, to get flooded potentially with not. just insane amount of usage. I, he cannot handle insane amount of usage. There's no way. There's no way. Okay, so size. maybe maybe insane usage shouldn't be the word. Maybe impecu impeccable impeccable impeccable. There it is. I got it out there. Impeccable efficiency per touch. I'm glad. I'm uh, you know. I'm glad. You know. These a lot of these drafts get just chalky. I'm glad. I'm glad. You, you know. This this was interesting. I, I I love it. You have some very interesting. Well, I could have taken C.J. Stroud and just been like, oh yeah, safest yeah. floor at the I quarterback position. I'm not. I'm not doing that either. I'm going to finish off with the last pick in this draft with Jaden Reed. Not another guy. I didn't quite get the draft yeah. capital. There was like three of them. Like yeah. Marvin, uh, not Marvin, Rashi Rice, Jonathan Mingo. And Jaden Reed, guys, I did not expect to go as early as they did in round two. But Jaden Reed was a very impressive at the senior bowl. Good, not supreme athlete. Um, tall, you know, has some link to him. Not not a super physical wide receiver, though. So does has a lot of things that you like, just don't love. Uh, like I said, he was a big riser during the senior bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I'm leaning on draft capital here, getting the round two wide receiver still. So obviously Green Bay really liked him a lot. Don't necessarily see a huge upside with – Jordan Love at quarterback and the second target behind Christian Watson. But, you know, he's somebody who slides in probably as a top 50, 60 dynasty wide receiver somewhere in that range. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and take just lean on the draft capital here. And, yeah, this is solid value for a mid-second round pick. Eh. Eh. Terrible year one production inbound. Terrible year one production inbound. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, I it's mean, a I think you want to buy this guy. I think you want to buy Reed. Um, right, either maybe like in your playoffs next year, like it sometime before the draft, like right before the season ends, because the Packers are going to be so bad, they're going to get Caleb Williams next year. And this dude, this dude, and and Watson stock are going to go through the roof if as long as you know Reed stays on the field and is what they say he is, right? Like if they don't have to go out shopping for another receiver, 
but yeah, Dubes, Watson, Reed, stocks down this year, year one. Uh, they, you know, tank and they get that number one pick. Caleb Williams, you'll be definitely coming back for these guys on the on the cheap, on the discount. Well, like I said, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this more interesting rookie mock. Not very chalky uh, rookie mock draft today. Uh, like I said, you can scroll through the comments and read some of those picks. The last pick was Jaden Reed. I kind of messed it up there a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I will save uh, you, everyone the trouble. You know, we maybe we can go back a little later. I'll type it out in the comments or something. But I, will, I won't rattle off all 24 picks at the end here. But, uh, you know, thank you uh, so much, Justin, for joining me. Thank you for listening, everyone. Anything going on exciting this week We should the viewers should know about on SGPN? Justin? Yeah, go leave us a uh, five-star review on Apple or Spotify podcast. We're giving away a Lamar Jackson jersey this month. So all you have to do, go leave a five-star review, Apple or Spotify podcast, SGPN Fantasy Football. DM us your review on Twitter, at SGPN Fantasy. You're done. You're entered. That's it. Drawing is May 31st. Let's ride. And I'll tell you, you'd be shocked at how many people, ha- you know, it, it, they're like, I'm not, they're still not going to do that. So, you, you know, your odds of winning the Lamar Jackson uh, jersey, pretty high, actually. I promise you. Like, like you know, it's, it's you have a pretty good chance of winning that jersey if you actually leave the review. So, please do that. And, uh, yes, thank you for joining us, everybody. You can find me, you know, pretty much everywhere. You know, I, of course, head back here with uh, SGPN every Sunday, article every week as well. TWSN player profiler face off sports network shout out to all of them as well have a great rest of your Sunday everyone and thank you so much.